Did you ever think you were made it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. Now they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. I'm Patrick Bedev, your host of Item, and if you enjoy my mob interviews, this one's gonna be very, very different because I'm sitting out with Ralph Natali, who's an ex-mob boss from the Philadelphia crime family, working with Joey Merlino. He talked about a lot of the skinny razor, many, many different stories, and uh, not somebody who's a fan of Leonetti, not somebody who's a fan of Nicky Scarfo. So if you enjoy my mob interviews, you're going to love this one. My guest today, Ralph Natali. Ralph, thank you so much for being a guest today on Valuetainment. My pleasure. Appreciate you for coming out. You just ask the questions and I'll give you the, the best answers first, and truthful. First question, why are you doing this? Why why you want to tell this story? Why? Yeah. Why not? Why, why, why wouldn't it? I say, uh, everybody knows who I am and what I was. I started in this business when I was 19 years old, really heavy. I knew every man, every boss, and I worked for the men who were controlled by these men, the culinary workers and the Teamsters. Jimmy Hopper was one of my best customers. Jimmy every Hopper time was he, one of your best customers. Every time he had a headache, I was the aspirin. It was simple as that. We got along, I became very friendly with Jimmy. I'm the last man that he came to see when he was trying to get the union back by a claim. When he came into South Jersey, called a friend of his and the Teamsters, said, would you call that little guy Tell him I want to see him. I'm at the rickshaw. I like to talk to him. I knew what it was. So I said, okay, he, he called me. And I went. I went there. I brought two friends with me. I made them sit outside of me because I didn't trust nobody in those days. And I was good friends with Jimmy. So they sat in the lobby. Ronnie Turchi and Mike Barone, they're both gone them under the dirt. And I went in to see him. I saw him talking with John Greeley. He was the team went over. We hugged. We always hugged. We always because we became friends. Besides me doing and taking away his headaches once once in a while when somebody wanted to pull their teamster local out of his international and he was getting and were making speeches and whatever he called for me. He sent word to the guys or whoever they were. What do you mean by you were the aspirin to his headaches? Of course, what did he, you do? He, well, let me, let me explain Please. it. I went to see the, the, the certain gentleman who worked. And I talked to him. He said, no, we're pulling out this and that. Thing. I said, do you know what you this is my, do you know what you're doing to yourself? To doing to Jimmy and the rest of the team? Yes, I do. And you say, no, you're, you're still going to try to pull out? You're going to make a mistake. And that's all I said. I'll see you. And within months, Nobody could find that guy. He just disappeared. Then they found him somewhere, laying down with two or three holes in his head. And that, that local stood in the International. That's how he built the International. And they loved him because he treated them well. But some men, their ego explodes their sense of propriety. And that's how we became friends. And he never called no one else when he had a, a headache. That's why he came to see me in the rickshaw. One to sit down. I said, no, let's stand up and talk in a corner. It was by the bar. It was after lunch. It was quiet. He said, Ralph, I'm going to take over the local again. The union, the international. 
by acclaim. He was strong. Jimmy was a strong guy. I said, Jimmy, why are you doing this? You got all the money in the world. I know you have it. You you got a great pension. You got a great family. Josie was sleeping upstairs. His wife. What what's wrong with you? He said, Ralph, it's the only thing I know how to do. I said to myself, he wasn't a womanizer, like most most men. Are. He wasn't. No, no, definitely not. He wasn't a drunk, and he wasn't a gambler. Here's the things that men do when they have money and time. He didn't do any of these, and I, I, I'm telling you because I know. I said, just go back and have, enjoy your life, Jimmy. You did everything you had to do. I love you. everybody. Loves you. Ralph. I'm going to ask you to do something, please. I know the state of Jersey and all the teamsters. They love you and they fear you. Please get them to. When I go into the convention, to back me. I said, Jim, I'm going to give you one answer. First of all, a man can't serve two kings. You know where I was, what I was almost born into. He says, Yes, I do. I said, Well, I'm going to have to go and see him. And if that man washes his hands of you, I'll help you. Because I didn't like the punks that were pulling out for him. They promised him this. They promised him that. They gave him nothing. But they gave him freedom. And they, he had his pension. He had everything. I said, Okay, I'll give you a call. And I'll let you know. Please, Ralph. I'm going to find out shortly. Shook his hand. I've seen my two friends. Okay, somebody. Everything's okay. Yeah. I went to see Angelo Bruno at his home in South Philadelphia, where he was killed right in front of there. But that's another story. Went in. His wife answered her sue. I knocked him quietly. Oh, Ralph, what are you doing here? I said, when the king calls, his people have to come save him. Ralph, come on in. He said, I know what you got. I know that other guy came into the city. Look at him, like the FBI was. And what do you want now? I said, he asked me to help him to be teamster boss again. He said, Ralph, that ain't going to happen. Everything's been done. Agreements paid. Everything's done. Tell him to go home and enjoy his life. I said, I told him that already. But he wants me to come and help him. No. Don't go near him. Don't go by him. After you, you told him already. Well, he don't have to be told again. Send a word with someone else. You stay away from him. I said, but just stay away from him. I'm telling you. What's wrong, Ange? This guy did everything for you, for everybody. Because that's how I was with Ange. Because I was Ange's last moment of everything. He said, the man upstate Jersey. You know who I mean, the man that you went one day and you see he was up on the roof with the pigeons, flying pigeons. Oh, you, oh. you want me to go see him? No, they're going to do it and they'll take care of this business. My God. I said, is that your last thing? He said, that's my last time. Okay, good. I'll see you later. I love you. I'll kiss him on the cheek. And boom, I left. I knew he was going to be dead within or missing, I didn't know what they were, in two or three weeks. And he was. In two or three weeks? Yeah. Because he called this guy, that guy. He wasn't, he made a, an agreement with some men that he used to deal with in a mafia family from New York. And when he made this agreement, it was supposed to be binding on either one. He, they said, We'll send somebody to see and talk to you. And, you know, they send somebody. They send 
three people, the Andretto brothers and Budrilova, his last name, I pronounced it his name. The three of them went to see him, and he was never saw again. Never. No fine, no nothing. And that was the end of Jimmy Hopper because he didn't want to live nice with his family. He wanted to go out and still have that. Here I am. In Philadelphia, Eric Sean, I think he's like the, the broadcaster at Fox News, mm-hmm. asked to see me. I went up to see him. I said, uh, what's up? He said, oh, I'm talking about everything. He said, uh, a friend of yours, who's the friend? He said, Frank Sheeran. Frank Sheeran, yes, what, what, is, what did he want from you? He told me he shot and killed Jimmy Hoffa. What? In fact, it's on the, I saw it filmed. I said, not in a million years is you allowed to get near him. No, but he told me, unbelievable. I told the FBI, they're going to get together. I'm going to investigate it. You do it because you've always been nice with people. You do what you got to do. He's a liar. He wants to beat somebody before he dies because he's sick. I think he's got cancer. You're saying that? Yeah. He said, well, then, okay, good. Lo and behold, he investigated where they found the blood on the floor. Then when the uh, FBI sent the uh, forensic people in, they tested it. It wasn't Jimmy Hoffa's blood. He said he shot him twice in a And then I, when I went up to see him, I went up to see Eric again. I said, what did I tell you? He wouldn't talk to him. What's wrong with you? He said, my mind is changed. He, he's a liar. And I said, well, I told you that, but you you wanted to be, you did. He said, I'm, I'm sorry I should have listened to you. That's a Jimmy Hoffa story. And they'll never find him, unless it's a, somebody, one of those three. Now, Tommy, Virgilio, uh, uh, the shooter, soon as he got in the car, he shot him. And the two Andretti brothers. But Virgilio's not around. Because he got killed a couple of months after that. Because he was walking around in New York City. I killed the top guy. I should be getting the top. I should be made a captain. I should be this and that. He was a, a made man with, with uh, the union. Because I heard he was doing that. He's putting a uh, spotlight on him. He was killed within that week, if I heard that. He came out of the restaurant in the section. Boom, boom, boom. He was done. No more talking. The, the Andretti brothers, one stood in New York, and one had time to go. It was, they were doing little odds and ends. They were uh, doing things and making money illegally, but not too much. They skirted. When I got into Lewisburg, a year later, so, so, I don't mark down dates. Who's there, Tommy Andretti? <laughs> He's in, what the hell was in the, the, the block? I think it was A, B, C, D, D block. I said, he said, tell me, hey, come on, he hugged me, this, that, because he knew what I was, and he knew what I would do. Everybody knew. I said, good, I, I never, how's everything? He said, no, things were getting too hot around there. They, they picked me up on some. They gave me 10 years and this and that. And I looked at him, I said, my God, look at this. Look what happened to Jimmy. And he was part of it. And when I went to, and Eric, I talked to him after that. He said, I'm so glad you told me that. I was making a fool of myself. Well, I didn't want you to make, I just told you. He did not do it. He's a liar. So that's, 
that story with Jimmy Hopper. Did you ever meet Frank? Like, did you know who he I was? Knew, I knew since he used to come in to the bar that, and I'm going to bring another name up to you, Skinny Razor. Did you ever hear that name? Of course. Yeah, he's the you heard boss's from mentor. The, from the guys that, what, what's that? He's the boss's mentor. He was, uh, he was a guy that... Uh, He's he my was, mentor. He was yours. He was Scarfo's. He was... Uh, Scar Scar no, he hated Scarfo. Please don't... And I, I know you were told this. The people you had in here are making a story up. That's Phil, why Phil I'm Phil Leonetti makes up stories? Who? Phil Leonetti? Yes. He makes up stories? Yes. He's not the killer he's supposed to be. Phil Leonetti makes up stories? Yes. I mean, it's been... I, I wouldn't say that to you without knowing that <clears throat> Skinny Razor was known as a guy that... Skinny Razor was the most feared man in the oh, United the States. Oh, in the United States. Oh, absolutely. That, but <clears throat> and he wouldn't talk to them people. He wouldn't talk to Phil Leonetti or, or Nicky Scarpo. He, he became, when he got 45 years, he became a witness. The only time I became, became a witness was at the end when I took and drove my little being. I, they made them all swear, you got to take care of my family because I'm going to, they, they needed help in the city. They were trying, I was the one to put that group together. Nobody else. I said, but you got to promise me one thing on our blood. If something happens to me, whether I get killed or I go to jail, you go and bring an envelope every Monday, I mean every month, excuse me, and bring it over to my wife. Joey, yeah, I remember all this year. Good. You know what happened? Mm. Not a dime. Not a dime. That's what they are. That's why I'm here. A little bit. What's Joey got to do with Leonetti and Scarfo, though? Joey said, Joey's there. Was, they were together as brothers one time. Leonetti's not. Scarfo is a sick man. He was born sick. He's going to die sick. And Leonetti, he wanted Leonetti to be. See, you were getting the, you got the story first, and you believed it. He wanted Leonetti to be honored and wrote about in the paper, like other people. That's what he wanted. He wanted them to, to be like. He wanted him to be like Salvi Testa. Salvi Testa was the purest young killer. But everybody him. says that. So, so what you're saying? No, what you're saying right there is to challenge you a little bit. But is, why would he challenge me? Well, no, no, to challenge you on that a little bit. Leonetti also believes Salvi Testa was a great guy. Well, because he's telling you, you're listening to him. Well, you're saying the same thing. No, I'm not. I said Salvi was. Leonetti's a phony. No, no, no. Leonetti said Salvi's also a great guy. Oh, and you believe that? He, that he hated him. Guy? He wanted to kill him. He was told to kill him when he had a chance. Because he reported to Scarfo. Nicky Scarfo hated all them kids from downtown. Of course, everyone knows that. Well, what do you say? Everyone that you're telling me something about? No, no, everyone knows that. No, and listen, when, when Scarfo what, passed you away, tell me? When Scarfo passed away three years ago, not a lot of people showed up to his funeral. You know, not, not, there was not a lot of do people. Do I know? Were, he was hated. He hated me. Yeah. He would curse God. Because I asked Angelo Bruno many years before that, I'm going to go kill Nicky. He's going to cause us problems with Atlantic City. You said that to Angelo Bruno, that you're going to call, kill Nicky. I'm not going to repeat that. Why should I repeat it? You didn't hear me? I said it. And you know what he said to me? Hmm. Don't you dare. He's, as his uncles came over, they were on the boat with me. The war that we had with the, the Americanized gangsters, because when they came off the boat, they called them Zips. 
and they start take, biting at this, the numbers, the, the everything, every little gambling house. That's what happened. Nicky Scarpo was scum. He did everything wrong. You see what he did? How he how he <clears throat> conducted himself. He didn't. He hated him. He hated Salvi Testa. He hated Nicky. He, he hated when his father became boss. He hated it, but. He, he he did what he had to do. Nicky Scarpo, I wouldn't I wouldn't treat him by turn my back. That's what he was. You wouldn't you wouldn't what? I couldn't hear you. I wouldn't treat him if I turned my back on him. Wow. And did you see what uh Leonetti told uh, when he went and gave uh, whatever he testimony. did testimony. He said uh, and my uncle told me to build the the, the wall behind his kitchen and then the yard, and then there was an alleyway. He wanted me to build in a, full, a wall, eight foot tall, with cinder blocks. Why do you want me to build this wall? He said, because Ralphie asked Ange to kill me, and Ange turned him down. But he ain't going to listen to Ange, because he'll come up and kill me if, if, he, if it's easy. And that's proof. He said it. You're... You're a man that told you this. Leonetti never did nothing. He said he killed 20. He killed in his brain. And he listened. You listen to him? Fine. It's up to you. Nobody's like me. Nobody. I'm not, and I'm not telling you to believe it. I killed more people than cancer. For Angelo Bruno. For Joe Batters in Chicago. For the head of the Teamsters, head of the Coleman. Whenever they needed me, I was there. Everybody in Chicago belonged to Joe Batters. I was in prison already in, in Lewisburg. I had a visit in Lewisburg from my wife and some other girlfriends of hers whose husbands were in there. They drove up from South Jersey. Two cops that were watching us and listen, said, Ralph, when you're done, go see uh, the, the captain. He wants to see you. I said, for what? what is he said, he's got some people there. Some people. I went down. I walked in. The captain is six, seven suits. There. FBI. I looked at them. He said, these gentlemen from the FBI, they want to speak to you. And I think you should listen to them. I said, okay. I said, now, what, what do you fellows want? He said, we were told to offer you complete freedom. I just started the the 27-year sentence, the three years I had, almost two and a half, something like that, will give you a certain amount of money to live. You'll have no, nobody bothering no law, no nothing. We want the information on Angelo Bruno, on Tony Arcado. I looked at him, I said, you got the wrong guy. But you, you just thought you're going to have to do this. You got the wrong man. They walked out. And I went there, and that's what I said to them. You see, it's on film. I never told anybody I killed anybody or doing it. Tommy Leonetti. Leonetti sees me, he'll run. As old as I am, he'll run down the street. And that's the story about them. So you, you were getting ready to tell a story about the Skinny Razor, John Dewey, Skinny Razor was your mentor. was the most feared man in the United States. What made and him fear? He was 19 years old. Al Capone mm -hmm. was... They were having that war between the Irish and the uh, 
and Al Capone and his men and whatever. He came to Philadelphia and made a made, they made arrangements. So the, a detective see search him, find a gun on him. And they'll give him one year. He wanted to get away for a year. Too many guys were getting killed back and forth. He was with Al Silverberg. Al Silverberg once started with Murder Incorporated, was proficient at killing. Al Silverberg, Al Capone, and his lawyer. They were talking. He said, Is this the young man you told me about? Skinny told me. Skinny told me this word for word. He said, I was so poor. My my pants were thin from washing them, from doing this. I was freezing that day. And he said, I'm Al Capone. I said, yes, Mr. Silverberg. He said, here's a piece of paper. They, he told me what he thinks of you, that you will do anything to better yourself. Yes, I would. Here's a name. There's eight names on here. I'm going to go away for a year. And when I come home, I don't want to see or hear or have any evidence that they were ever alive. I'm leaving it up to you. And this man told, told me, Al Silverberg stood for you. Al Silverberg was some some guy. Before he went away, he got caught in a murder in, in, in the central part of the country with another man, Jeff Newman. They were with the Jew mob. He took the paper every month, they said. He said, I will tell you, you will be sent word where to go when you go and you'll live somewhere right outside in the suburbs. They'll give you a little car. And if you are what Al Silverberg says you are, you're going to be made the rest of your life. And that's what happened. And he told Ange, well, after that, when he came home from Chicago and all, he said, Ange, I'm going to go see my friend down in Florida. He had a guy that owned a nice little hotel, not a big, but a nice little one. Mm -hmm. This is what I told Ralphie. If Ange needs anything, he'll call you. I told him you're the only one he can trust in this city. And I know what you do because I went with him on a couple things, and he loved me. He said, oh, son of a bitch, you, do, you know what you're doing. He went to Chicago. He cleaned them right up, cleaned everybody. The war stopped. Stop. You want to talk about, go ask the Leonetti and Mickey Scarpa and all them crumbs. They know nothing. They were told nothing, and they know nothing. But I seen it. it comes from my mouth. I seen, I heard, and I know what, and I was there on a couple of things with him. He took me. He saw something in me, and I thanked him. And we were friends when I, for my life. And he stood for me, and now Silverberg, and he came in with an old girlfriend of his, piercing blue eyes, shook my head. Ralphie, I heard a lot about you. I said, I, I heard volumes about you. Mr. Silverberg, no, no, Al, because Skinny loves you. I said, I love him. He said, take care of him. I said, I will. They're, they're true stories. They're things that happen, and everybody knows it. Very convincing. Uh, the, the, your method of storytelling is very convincing. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a story man. I can't tell a lie. When I was a little boy, I found out liars are nothing, and you always have a problem. These guys, I'm going to be this. Leonetti, this. Leonetti was in Lewisburg. I was in Lewisburg at the time, 
And they were all down there. The prisoners waiting to get the sentence. Then they brought him back to the city. He got 45 years or 40 years. He shit in his pants, excuse my language, and he become a witness immediately. Immediately. Now, you tell me, they, they might please you. You might be pleased with them. If I don't, if I don't please you, you have to excuse my language in the way I. But I'm telling you the truth. I can do anything I want when you're telling the truth. When you tell them a lie, you'll find out. What What else did you learn from Skinny Razor? What were some of the things he taught you when he was mentoring you? He taught me number one: don't trust nobody. I know what that meant. He mean he didn't mean every. He meant nobody. It would be if you talk to him. Your life would be different. Your life, not to be a criminal, not to them. We know that, but your life would be different because you meet a man's man. What he did in his lifetime was unreal, unreal. Every boss in the country paid honor to him, money-wise and with, with respect. Mickey Scarfo, Leonetti, them—they never come near his saloon because they were afraid. Why? Nobody was going. They were afraid. Even when he was a made man, Mickey, he's the worst, the worst. And I would have, if they didn't build that thing, I would. then I went to jail after that. I've been in jail a lot of years. Leonetti, he, 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 I don't want to, he shit in his pants when he heard he got that sentence. When they had me in Florida before the judge getting sentenced on something else, the prosecutors asked them to sentence me on the dangerous special special offender. Check all this stuff. You could get 25 years on a single count of any counts that you have in your... Oh, my God. I said, these motherfuckers, what they did. They want to take me away from my family. But I took myself away. I blame myself. Nobody else. But the, all of a sudden, they called me... Forget what they said. Things I never, never was, I killed this, I, I was here, I did, what are they talking about? And Jake Cosman was Angelo Bruno's best friend. Two fine, fine men. They were all fine men around. Like you, the people that work for you, who would never do anything like that. But I was born into it. I'm still a nice man, but I'm still me. Anybody comes near my family, or I'm going to go kill her. Nobody comes near my family. Thank God. You're going to compare Nicky Scarfo, that crumb that he is, with me? With Leonetti was, he shitting his paint. He didn't do a day. Ralph, how vicious were you? Like I was. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to. When I killed somebody for somebody, but good, good reason. I'm not, I didn't go out and kill innocent people. But when I did it, I did it like Skinny did it. I shot him two or three times right in the face. If I could, if not, I hit him back in the head. But in the face. They die without a pain. I, I, I made a joke of it. I never hurt anybody. Boom, boom, boom. I used the hollow heads. You know what how hollow heads are? That's all I use. And then the, the Lord knew I did it. That's Ralphie. That's right. Couldn't prove it. Well, I had to plead to six murders on my last one. So they let me plead, and this and that there. And I went home to my wife and family. 
They visited me every day, met every day, but every time of visiting, no matter where I was, in Lewisburg, in Atlanta Federal Prison. I went there, all the high ones, and they loved me. Every time I walked in, I was welcome. See if, see if Philly and Eddie ever walked in a, in a prison and got welcome like I did. You could write a script for that, all of this. I could give you a script about Salvi Tessera. He took vengeance, did you know that? For the people that killed his father? Phil. No, 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 no. Salvi Tessera killed the people that killed his father. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know that. Okay. Yeah. Well. Salvi was, uh, Salvi was uh, loved by everybody, though. You had to love him. You know why? He was not a guy to pick on anybody that was weaker. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a liar. The last time I saw him before, and I went to, went to prison then, and all was Ralphie. It's Salvi. He lived up the street, on Shunk Street, and on the corner lived he, uh, Angelo Bruno's daughter and son-in-law. Come on, hey, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, he said, Ralph, you gotta help me. I said, what? He said, my father wants to send me to Temple University. I don't want to go to, this is him. I don't want to go to no university. I can't be, I want to be me. I looked at him. He meant it. He was yeah, 17, 18 years old. I said, Sal, he's looking out for me. I know that. And his mother had cancer at the time. She was going to die. He said, I can't do it to please my father that way. I love my father, but I'm not going to go to no university. I'm going to be what he was and what he's doing and what I'm going to do. Shook hands. He kissed me. I never saw me because I went away to prison real fast. He wrote the story on vengeance. He was a man. Mickey wanted uh, Leonetti to be sort of like, he couldn't carry his toothbrush. And that's the truth. I don't think mm -hmm. Phil wanted the life, though. What? I don't think Phil wanted the life at well, all. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. See what you said? It's true. No, wait. It's true. He, he, but he did it because he was afraid of his uncle. Sure. Tell his uncle. That, yeah. Tell your uncle. Kill me then. If you're a man, would you let your uncle or your father tell you got to go do this? You got and you go do it. You don't want to do it. Then you're lying to yourself. How much time did you spend with Nicky Scarfo? Me? Yeah. Not too much. Not when too we, much. When we grew up, and I, I hated him because he was a he was, he was evil. And he, what? How old were you when you met him first? You and you. Well, and he was. I was going to junior high school, mm -hmm. and he used to hang on the corner there. That's when I, you know, we knew when I, and I just, but I, I, I saw, I saw in his eyes that he, he wasn't true. He wanted to kill people. What to be a killer? He wasn't a killer. He was a savage. What's the difference? The killer's a killer. That's his job. That's the difference. I had a job. That was my job. What's the difference? I didn't know, I didn't know the difference between that. If I did, I'd be a doctor today. I'd be taking care of you when you come in. You once said you wanted to kill your dad. How was your relationship oh, uh, with let your me, dad? Let me explain that. Where we lived in South Philly was on Morton Street, and on 10th and Morton, was a Civil War cemetery. Right opposite of George Washington School, little street, was a Civil War cemetery. Well, they decided to dig that up and make it a, a playground for everybody, a whole four square blocks. 
city blocks. We used to go as as boys, 11, 12 years old, jumping, playing. We were doing it one night, and I forgot it was late. It was like 9.30, quarter to 10. My father said, you better get in at 9 o'clock. So I come in. The door was locked. Who's there behind the door? My father. And he did time in the Eastern State Pen for attempted murder a long time ago. I said, you son of a bitch. I told you, come in at a certain time. I'm looking at him. He's a guy didn't go to work, just hustled numbers, took bets, took everything. And he's looking. That's how fast my mind went. And I walked in. I started to walk. You son of a bitch. I, and he got his foot. When you want to kick someone, you, you don't kick him. But if you want to kick him, you kick him from the side. That means you're nothing but a tramp. I'm kicking you. Well, he kicked me a shot here. Knocked me forward. Bounced off the entry wall. I turned around and I told him, don't you ever, ever touch me again because I'll kill you. He knew I would. I didn't know I would. But look what I said. That's how I started. I took my, I gave, I gave my soul to the devil. How old were you? Twelve. When I knew what I would become, I, 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 I knew it. I couldn't help it. And yet, I'm nice with my family, my wife, my children, other people's children. I'm nice with men like you and workers. And I am. I never, never, never impose my will upon another man unless that man is bad. That's my life. Did your relationship end up being good with your dad or no, with your father? No, it never, it never was good. My mother, my mother wasn't too hot either. She hated me sometimes, smacked me, hit me. She said, you got to do the dishes today. I did the dishes. I helped her. Let me, let me ask you a question. You know, I'm, I'm big on looking at eyes, okay? And I think you can read a lot of people through when you look at their eyes. You're when, like me. Yeah, when you look at someone's eyes, it tells a story. When I look at your eyes, I see uh, uh, that there's rage. You can tap into a rage side. You just talked about your mom and dad. You talked about the fact that your mom would say, go wash the dishes, and then she my, would... My go. mother was not a, a real mother. Right, and then she your was... father as well, the fact that you had your experience. Would you say your rage came from your parents? Could, or... it okay. could be. They were terrible to me. I, I was raised from, and we had, we had a, she had another boy, I have a brother, a younger brother, but he's not me. He, he, and I loved him. I showed him how to hit a baseball, how to do things. He's five years younger than me. And he became something else. So I left him alone. He left me alone. I called him a couple of times. He never returned my call. Your brother? Yeah. Interesting. I can't, I can't overcome that. So you've met a lot of different people because yeah. you come from a, you know, a couple different generations. Who were, the, who were some of the folks you met when you were coming up? Some of the big names. You met Capone, did you meet some of those names? They were the big names to me. But this, you mean Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Of course I met him. I met him when he was appearing. I'm glad you asked about him. At the, uh, uh, the Latin Casino in South Jersey. He had to go and see, say hello to Angelo Bruno. Because Bruno wasn't going in there to see him. 
because he didn't like nightclubs and things and drinking and all. So the chief calls me up. I call him the chief. What's up? He said, you got to pick up uh, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, because he knew I didn't like him anyway. Because Frank Sinatra's a bully. I said, yeah, okay. At the Latin? Yeah, 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 pick him up. And this and that. I said, okay, good. And he was cocky. He thought I was just a pickup guy, picking him up. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. okay, kid, yeah, what do you do? Yeah, 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 okay. You want to sit in the front, Mr. Sinatra, I said, or you want to sit in the back? No, I'll sit in the front with you. Anyway, I drove him over. Oh, Frank said, yeah, all the neighbors, they were coming out, they heard he was coming. He was a, yeah, he's a, maybe the greatest pop singer in the world that ever lived, but he stinks as a man, and he always did. He went in, boom. And uh, Sue said, come on, no, no, I'm going to sit outside, get some air. I see some people, I know I'm going to say something to them. Okay. After an hour, they just were short and good. Come out, and stood at the door, everybody waved their hands. God, God bless him, nice man, really. Anyway, boom. I said, you want to sit in the front? No, I'll sit in the front with you. All at once I seen his manner changed. I didn't know you were, you don't have to know anything about me. I'm just nice to you because of Angelo Bruno. And he's nice to me because he likes me. And that was all that was said all the way back. No, no Frank Sinatra, no this, no. That's, that are people, they didn't matter to me. And the most important person after many years is my wife. What was your involvement in Atlantic City? In Atlantic City was a, dir a dirty, this town, it had nothing after the original. People were almost starving. They weren't working. They weren't doing anything. When I went, usually I drive Ange to New York. He goes to the social clubs. I don't want to go there. I'll stay outside. We'll go here there. That's all. Go see. And he comes back. He said, tomorrow morning we're going for a ride. I know where I'm at in New York. Okay. He was a heavy smoker, you know. Ange. Oh, I take him. We go to... He said, stay outside. You don't have to come in the club. Say hello to the guy, because they all knew me as being Angel Lord Bruno's chauffeur. And I'm chatting. A half hour or so, he comes out. Come on, we're going to go take a ride to a hotel. Well, hotel where? He said, I know where it's at. I'll show you. Me, me, me. We drive. Guess what? The hotel. The Wolves of Astoria. We went in. I sat down. He went in. He went to the elevator. Went up. A couple hours passed. Two, three hours, and the elevator door opened. Who comes out? Ange. Who's walking behind him? Carlo Gambino, bosses above all bosses. I said, oh, my God. They must have had some speech up there with them. They had a suite since Luciano had it. They go and have meetings up there at that time. Ange walked over, and I see Carlo's looking straight at me. I just stay, I stay still. It's bad manners to approach a boy, especially one like him, too fast. Never, never step after a man too fast, whether he's a boss or he's dangerous. I just stood there. He walked over. He went, come here. Walked over. He put his hand out. I never, never put your hand out to a boss. Who are you to go shake him? I just, he put his hand out. I better shake his hand because I wouldn't have a hand left. I 
shook his head and said, that's the young man I keep telling you about. Oh, yes, Ange told me about you, that you are a capable man. Capable means one thing in that language. You're able to do what you're... I try to be, I said. Okay. He said, we got... We came up with an idea, and walk out with us. We want to tell you about it. My God, they're going to... It made me feel like I was Don Cheech. He said, we're talking about Atlantic City. Ainge told me that uh, you took over Local 170 in Camden. They had a problem. You took it over. You... This, that, and you had, they had an election, you won. Yeah, yes, I did. But uh, I give I give him my time. He said, uh, "My sons came back to their lawyers. Go to Wall Street. They play. They know there's business. They're trying to raise money for Atlantic City to make it into a casino town. My God, look at the who's behind it." And he said, "We have to send one guy to go see our friend." And it says his name. Our friend in Chicago. We want you, if it works, you run that union. Well, I got it now. But you run that you run that union. They got another union down there. You're gonna we're gonna get that union, your union, to come together. And we're gonna make you run it. The whole thing. Because we want a casino town. My God. And that's how I met Carlo Gambino. And then everything started to bloom. Get this one. They, they start pushing it. When they had, when it came up for election, the referendum, the pass, they lost. Not much, more, but they lost. Now, when prior to that, I went to them and said, you know, they need some money, the people that are trying to put the, for the paper, for everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we're going to give so much. That's good, good. I can count on you. They gave this when this was needed. Imagine people owning property, owning beat-up hotels so you could sell, make another hotel. They didn't give me nothing. I said, call a meeting next week. I'm going to meet everybody. And call the, the bullying trades to come in. Tell them Ralphie said it. I didn't say Ralphie in town. I didn't have to. I was known as Ralphie. Well, next week they were over there and I came in. Hey, brother, let's not talk. And this is not a friendly talk. We're going to try to push that again, the next vote. And I'm going to tell you how much every one of you are going to have to put in. They put big money up. And we got extra money from Philadelphia because I went up there. And John McCullough was alive at the time. You don't know John McCullough. He was a Marine here on the Second World War. And Nicky Scarfo had him killed because of... Atlantic City. He went and told, I said, John, and John wasn't afraid of anybody. I said, John, we need more money from you. He runs the building trade, plumbers, things. They're all making big money. This is what we need. And lo and behold, they put up a bundle up for Atlantic City because they were transferring guys and getting jobs and everything. And this is the, the reason that Nicky Scarfo hated John McCullough. That's another reason. And Nicky Scarfo talked to Stubiter, Philip Tester. Stubiter. You know Stubiter what it means? Okay. He talked to him. Talked to me. He said, we got to kill him because he's going to get 
us in trouble. We gave, they gave money for this and that. Bill Tester didn't know anything about business. He said, I don't, let, let me do it. I'll take it. You ain't got nothing to do with it. He did it. He called Long John, who was Angelo Bruno's legitimate, so-called legitimate partner in the vending, cigarettes, cigars, and told him, we're going to have to kill this guy. Well, they put it together. They go there on a Christmas week. John already went home. He's on the phone talking, and a guy with a bundle of flowers and all, oh, yeah, Mrs. McCullough, she, yeah, can I bring these in? I'm going to say, yeah, okay, good. This guy brings the flowers, puts them down, pulls out the gun. Boom, 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 boom. Kills John McCullough while he's talking on the phone in front of his wife and then leaves. He, this kid, this junkie, he's doing life. This junkie was told by John, uh, by Long John, who was involved with the whole thing, was, that's Angel Bruno's partner. Mention that. And told him, don't worry, we're going to fix everything up. You're going to be a high man in the local. Kill him. And that's how John McCullough got killed. Under the orders from here, Nicky Scarpo, telling Long John, and he got this kid to go in and kill him. You want me to like them? Long John was a crumb, just like Nicky Scarpa. He was deadly afraid of Nicky. What was the relation? Was uh, Did Carlo Gambino ask you to do something with John Gotti? What happened with you and Gotti? There was something happened with you and John Gotti. John Gotti, I never, I never liked. I'll tell you what he did. What he did. He was in Lewisburg with Joe McGrill. They were both were doing a little bit. They started to talk. Both were braggarts. Joe McGrill, ex-fighter, tough guy, this, that. Joe McGrill told him, I got Atlantic City. It's the truth. This is mine. I'll get whatever I want. I run the union. They said, you run the union. We thought Ralphie. No, I do it. I... Oh, yeah? He did, huh? He said that? Yeah. Fuck Ralphie. Oh, he said that? Yeah, okay. Now... Joe McGrill became, and John Gotti got what he told them. I got, I'm, it's going to be my union. He went home, went to New York City, and then Della Croce was the, uh, his friend. He told him, I'm going to get this. This kid, this Irish guy, come, he's going to give it. He'll do anything we want. And if he doesn't, we'll do what we have to do. Hey, okay. He's, he's already got Atlantic City, John Gotti. I said to Messiah, I said, he's got, he's got to look out of here. I said, I've got, I got to kill this guy. He's running back with every tail, and he's making it really into a thing that's going to happen. But it wasn't going to happen because I still was outside because I was waiting for Mr. McGrill to come home. And that's how, I, what I said about, I don't care about John Gotti. John Gotti said, Gets his hair fixed with a with a, a barber every day. John Gotti killed D.B. D.B. was the pornographer, the pornographer king. He was having trouble in Philadelphia because he put two two places there, and the, his partners was Angelo Bruno, Carlo Gambino. They shared everything, and it was him, decent guy. Did everything. Had his own studios like you got everything. I said, my God, everything's coming together over here. What's this guy? Now, John Gotti keeps, he, he bets. He couldn't win if he knew who was going to win. And he bet, and then he bet anything. 
He was up to here with that. He'd go to him. He'd give him so much pain off it. It got to be one day. He said, John, what are you doing? 25000 30000 on a weekend? I can't afford that. You're making money. You're Well, I'm not making that kind of money. And turned him down for that one time. After that, he killed him. John Gotti killed Dee Benedito. Killed him for no reason, a good guy. That paid his debts off. John Gotti. Let's get back to Lang City. We went to three bosses. I only answered to three bosses. Angelo Bruno, Carlo Gambino, and Joe Badders. They were, and they told me, you do what you have to do to keep that, because that's going to be our city. That was a wide open order. And I did. And we made it. And when, as soon as they gave him the, they vote, we won. Guess who went to jail? I went to jail. They had me on Charlie Allen, this guy, the, the insurance guy. We had an insurance guy. Insurance guy gave up. I helped the Jewish guy burn his furniture store down. He said he had a million dollars worth of insurance. You do? Okay. I want half of that. You keep the other half. And go make another store. Is this Mr. Living Room guy? Mr. Living Room. And I went to jail. And all hell, when I went away, all hell broke loose. Walked around like this, Nicky Scarpo, Leonetti. Oh my God, oh my God, what, what, what happened? I said, what happened? Now you hear these stories, and they have no, they have no proof. They never did anything in any casino town. They weren't allowed in, in Vegas. Before I became with Ed Handley, the head of the the culture, the culture of it, all them people. When we got off the plane one one time, me and Mike Marone, the lieutenant, cop, captain, they were there to pick us up. You ain't coming here. Well, I never did. You're not coming here unless you want to see the desert, they said. They were known, the Burberry guys in the desert, the cops, when they were real bad. That's what I know of. So... We all got together and we ended up, after that, I could go anywhere with Ed Handley and we could do what we wanted to do in Atlantic City. We all started to make money on the insurance. Imagine having 30,000 members paying you insurance for health insurance or any other insurance you have. Don't you have to give, if you're going to make it with that 30,000, if you're going to make 10,000, don't you have to give me a few pennies? Because I'm the guy that sent him over to see you. And it works that way. That's how you were making that money at that time in, in Atlantic City? Yeah. Is that also the time with the 500,000 quaaludes and 10 uh, kilos of cocaine or no? Oh, no. They set me up. I didn't, I didn't sell that. I, my cousin Raymond and Charlie Allen set me up. Raymond was saying, I'm going to lose my house. And it's me like the jerk-off that I am. I said, you're not lying, are you? No. Him and Charlie Allen set me up in, in, in Florida, and they took me away. Nice, huh? My wife and children all by themselves. But we, we, we did okay. So you had nothing to do with the, the quailus and the, and the cocaine at that I, time? I was going to help them. Oh, to help we're, them with the money. We're money. I got it, yeah. <clears throat> so, so let's fast forward. So now let's fast forward. You, it's, uh, you, you end up uh, 
uh, doing time. You're in the jail, I think, with uh, Joey Merlino. Mm -hmm. And you guys are together. He knows that you are uh, have some experience in the past, obviously, with uh, 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 Angelo uh, uh, Bruno. Mm -hmm. And he, his father, you know, he comes from a family. He has a certain right. lineage. How, how, does, how do those conversations take place between you and Merlino well, to then you becoming a boss? Well, it's very, very simple. Mm -hmm. Joe Merlino owed everybody in the city of Philadelphia a lot of money. Nobody trusted him. Now, he had a crew, Michael Chang, who got killed. Mm -hmm. And listen, he had a crew. And he had something that I didn't have. There was nobody around. But then, and he told me everything that they had and this and that. He was going to do this good. You're going to do that? Okay, I'm going to back you. I send word to New York. Anybody goes to there, Joe Merlino, I'm going to kill him. I didn't say I'm going to hurt them. I'm going, I'm going to kill them. It's the only way to say to people that know that. And they know where it comes from. And this is uh, what he is, what Joe Molino ended up being, a punk. They, I went to trial, got found guilty. And then I said, okay, I'm going to go to, go in. I said, send me an envelope, we made a deal. I sent word to them. Every, send my wife an envelope for her to live on. You know what they got for one year? I waited a year. Nothing. I said, oh, now I'm facing another one. I called the FBI. I want to talk to you. And that's how I became a witness at the end of my career. Look at them. And when I got in there, I said, and these punks. And the judge, I'll use the words I want to use. He gave me as much as they got, 13 years, and he gave me 13 years. And then nice, and I did it every fucking day. Those punks, Joe Molino, too. And how about when they they killed poor Salvi? I know his whole story. Let's go back to Molino, though. So when you're in jail, Molino's nothing. He knows nothing. He's the dumbest man in the world. He's a liar. You listen to him, you'll build a, a, a house for him. He's a liar. He's a boy. He owes everybody. Everybody that had anything to do with him. I see him. I, oh, my God. He is a punk. I call them punks every day. They're punks. That's why he gave me 13, give them 13. Fuck him. I did time before. I did 16. 39, 13 is 39 years. In bad joints. How'd you become a boss, though? Because that's where the controversy comes in. Well, what's, you, what's the controversy? So you're in jail, you're in prison with Joey, you guys are thinking about coming out, there's a strategy to create a war because it's an opportunity for you to take over, you right. and Joey, and then, you know, you know. It's very, that, very, 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 very simple. Yeah. I became a boss because I said, I'm the boss. I came home. Anybody that doesn't like it, I don't hide, I drive around, I go to the track, you could come. I was always, and I was under parole, and I had a pistol on me. Go ahead, let him come. You know how many people said that? Nobody. Excuse me for, for raising my voice. It just, I remember what my wife had to do. So you came out and no one swore you in. You became a boss. There was no, did, did you? I was sworn in already by, I even forgot to tell him when the only swearing in that I ever had was me, 
Angelo Bruno, and Carlo Gambino. Both, all three of us cut our finger. Carlo said, that's got to be a person, and we want it that way. You belong to me, and you belong to Ange now. That's why they sent me to Chicago. Nobody could touch me. That's why. And you want to listen to people that you, I don't know what you're doing, but God I've never bless. met Joey, so you need to, I've never met Joey. You, he's I, a punk, he's a liar, and he's afraid of people. I saved his life. They wanted to kill him from New York. I said, I'll put my life up for him. Let Ask him. You know what he's done to people? The money he owes to people. His mother, he resisted. Why even talk about it? You guys both got out in 2011. I don't right? know. Did you stay at the same place or no? Where? You and Joey. So what same place? The same uh, prison. No. He no. was at a different place than you were. He couldn't stay with me. I, as old as I was, I beat the shit out of him. That punk. He don't know how to fight. That's what he is. I'm telling you what they are. They cheat on everybody. They did everything. He hurt everybody. He owes everybody. Now he's walking the street, the boss. He, he made himself the boss. He's the boss. Nobody's, nobody looks at him. He can't get nobody. Him and Leonetti were like this when they were friends. They couldn't come near Salvi Tesla. They couldn't come near him. A true man. A true man. Do you still keep in contact with any of the mob at all? No. Any, no one. Why should I? You don't communicate They don't take him. No. If I want to, I can go to anywhere and I'll be welcome. The guys from New York were all in Lewisburg. They loved me because I was true with them. I didn't lie to them. But going back to when we were talking about Frank Sharon and, and we're talking about... Uh, Frank Sharon's a liar. Yeah. He's a pathetic... Have you seen Irishman? No, I didn't see it. You no. didn't see it. No. You know the story of it, what it's about? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm to you, so you already know it's not a true story. It's, not, it's not true. They, even the people that made it now said it. They, they made a movie on a lie. Three old men killed and and took that money. Oh, they would have be ashamed of themselves. Pacino, they, whoever the other guys, they're old. I'm old, but I'm not old. What do you mean by they're old? I'm old. I'm, you I'll be, they're old. What do you mean by they're, they're old? They're old. Their age. What's the? Worst? They're not my age because they they can't do nothing. What what is what I mean? They can't do nothing. I don't know what that means. They can't do nothing. Well, they don't have the. They, they can't kill they're me. Capable. They're oh, not yeah, capable. Yeah, what what not am capable. I going to tell you? I'm trying to make it look good. They're going to. Yeah. My God. Last story here before we go through speed round. What happened with Sonny Liston, with Cassius Clay, 1954? Oh, what's, the, what's the story with that? I'm going to say it's very simple. Sonny Liston was managed by Blinky Palermo. You know who Blinky Palermo no. was? See, you don't even know that. I got to help you. I if I live I here, I'm Blinky. You're a historian. Okay. Blinky Palermo and Frankie Carbo from New York ran the boxing game. Okay. You have to understand, Blinky Palermo had Sonny Liston. He used to train in Philadelphia for that fight, for Cassius Clay. What happened? Cassius Clay was, first he opened up at 11 to 1 underdog. Then it went to 10 to 1 and stood that way. Blinky told our friend, the champ, to listen, you got to take a dive for this one. You're using too much heroin because Blinky would have killed him. 
Blink, he was weighed 112 pounds, he would have killed him. He said, what am I supposed to do, kill you? You're like a son to me. I have to watch how much heroin you, you shoot in. You're, that's what he was doing. But when he was training for fighting, he never took it. And the man you're seeing in that one picture with me, Frankie, with, uh, with uh, Hoffa, mm-hmm. when he used to get out of line, uh, they used to let Frankie go in and spar with him. Frankie used to be a fighter. Frankie used to go in there. What he used to do to him. Frankie's a big guy to the left. Yeah, yeah. In the middle. You couldn't, if you had a bat, you'd be a loser with Frankie. As big and strong as he was, he was quiet. And he listened to me all the time. That's why when he called me, Hoffa, on the phone, I got to see, I got to see with something else. What happened with Liston, though? What happened with Liston? Liston, Liston killed himself. They will say somebody, he OD'd. He, he, he went down. And in the second fight, he went down. He had six rounds. He didn't want to come out or something. That's another one. They won money. Every boss and underboss won fortunes with that first fight. And the second fight, they cleaned up too. Because they knew it was a setup. They of course. Of course. They, he ain't going to do it. He's afraid of them. He was fearless, a big but he was afraid of them because they would kill him. Frankie Carbo would chew him up. Frankie Carbo was the man that killed Bugsy Siegel in in California, in, in L.A. He killed him. They got a hundred other. He killed him. The man in gray did all the top killing at that time. Who, who, who ordered it? Who ordered it? Simple. They had the whole crew from the the Italians who were building the, the casino, lending them the money in. In Vegas, they good and said, no, God, God, kill him. That's the difference. He took the money. He didn't take the money. The, the broad took the money and put him. He, could, he was madly in love with him. They, they, but they killed him. That's not the point. The point is they all made money and they killed him. You ever met Marlansky or no? No. no. Never met Marlansky. I didn't want to meet him. You I didn't want to meet him. I didn't want to meet him because he gave up his friend. He gave up with Bugsy Sinko. He gave him up. Yeah, he's down there with that whore and then like that. As far as I'm concerned, you can do. He said, yes, you can kill him. And they killed him. Nice. Nice. When you go to bed at night, you get up and say, my God, look what happened. Did you meet Bugsy or no? Huh? Did you meet Bugsy, Ben Siegel? Bugsy Siegel? Yeah. No. You never met him? No. You met any of the four? Four, like Costello, Lucky, or any of those guys? Or no. They're prior, no. They're, they're, no. They're, they're no. not your era? No. Okay. Got it. Okay, last thing here we're going to do is speed round. I'm going to give you a name. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. What, what do you call it? Speed round. Oh, okay. I'll give you a name. Tell me the first thing <laughs> that comes like to your mind. It's like a kid game. Go ahead. It's, we're going to play a kid game. It's okay. We're going to play a kid game. All right. First name, Joey Merlino. Spin on the ground. Nicky Scarfo. A demon. Sonny Francis. Nice man. Sammy Gravano. Another demon. Sammy, Sammy Gravano. What did he do? He killed everybody because he couldn't go to jail. That's why he killed them. You got to understand this. That's how I rule. I went to jail. I did 29 years. I can't kill everybody. People love My cousin Raymond set me up. My Aunt Dolly, who's his mother. I love my Aunt Dolly. She treated me more like a mother than my mother. She said when I come home, they threw a little body. Ralphie, please, she got me. Don't kill my Raymond. They all knew me from since I was a boy. Don't kill my Raymond. He didn't know what he was. I said, 
And Dolly, let's not talk about it. Let's have another drink and we'll have it. That's the truth. My Aunt Dolly is, don't kill my son. What was I going to do? I couldn't do that. Some certain things I couldn't do. John Vesey. A crumb. A crumb. What, what, what do you want me to say? He's a crumb. He never was any. They made him into a gangster. He ran. He shot. He got his brother killed. Johnny Gonks. I don't John, you Johnny, know Johnny Gonks? Wait a minute. I, I know of him, but I don't know. I don't, okay. I don't yeah. have no opinion. Stephen Mazzoni. <clears throat> he was with me almost every day when I was home. He become, he bought a wig. He went bald. He bought a wig. He became a gangster. He couldn't be a gangster when all of us are dead. Angelo Bruno. A fine man. Like I told whenever the judges, they, they asked me, a fine man, a fine old man, because he was. That's why he's dead. But he was a great boss with a lot of people. Phil Testa. Stinks. Let me tell you something about Phil Testa. He made his man go to see Sendon, a punk, a, a captain, to settle because... Tester and him and Sondon were arguing. That he said he'll go there. He made him go by himself. And that zip, John Stanford, who he, who he put in business, Ange put him in that, the working business, construction. Mm -hmm. He stinks. Why would he even be? Because they all have a story. They don't have one story like me. I don't have a story. I tell you the truth. I'll tell you what happened, what we did. I killed Joe McGrill. You know why? Because he say, told Charlie Allen, you go home, kill Ralphie. I'll give you the book. You'll be the second one in command over there because I'm coming home soon. And he did because he told a few other guys. He tried to get somebody to bang me while I was on the street. Nice man, huh, Joe McGrill? I told that's why I took him for a ride. Let's go. Let's go shake down the guy that's opened the new joint. Come on. I sat in the back. I ran in the back. You see the chapter I wrote on that. Perfect. And then when he pulled up, the lights are out. Ralph, what's going on here? I said, I'll tell you what's going on. I put three in the one hole in the back of his head. Three. Bing, bing, bing. Hollow heads. You wanted to kill me. I made him. Next one. Jimmy Hoffa. One word. A good man. A good Two man. Words. Yeah. Frank Sheeran. A liar, pathetic fool. A fool. Tommy Andrada. I wouldn't trust him. Joe Batters. Joe Batters. I give him my life. Carlo Gambino. I'll give him my life. Phil Leonetti. Phil Leonetti. I don't even rank him. He's got no ranking in my... Uh, Skinny Razor. One of the finest men I have ever met. You shake your... One of the finest men I've ever met. Have you ever met him? And you shake your hands and... You, you understand that. George Borghese. He's a, Joe Merlino's hacky. Nothing, nothing. Sal Testa. A, a fine young gangster, as tough as they come. You know, it's amazing because obviously myself, the viewers, we, we hear different stories. But at the end of the day, you know. No, no, I didn't hear stories. You heard them. Right. We hear stories. From the, from the, we. We hear stories. You're no, not no. included. No, oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. We hear stories. Okay, good. Then what you're supposed? Then you gotta you gotta be the the editor of people that you believe them punks. Then put it out. Put it out. Be a fool. Look at all of them now. What they're doing, 
and what they did. Look what they did. Nothing in their life. Come on. What? What's your first name? Patrick. Patrick's a, a beautiful name. Patrick, listen to me. I will never tell you a lie to make you, because I know you, you this, that. Everything I'm telling you is the truth. And the day I go home, I'm going to be there. I'm going to think of you. And any time you want to talk to me about any of this, let me know. Only, only I can't take trains like that. Or that, that, what a, oh my God, what a train. What a fucking train. You got to be desperate. I'll get somebody to drive me. But I wish you in, in good humor and don't make a lot of money. God bless you. You look like putting shoe on something. You live your life. And live. Don't listen to people who want to come and you don't know anything about them. You know about your business. Please, do what you have to do. I'll never hold anything against you. Whether you say I'm crazy, whatever this, whatever you do, I told you when I tell the truth. I can't get mad at you. You say I'm a liar. Okay. You're not one of them guys. Patrick, please. Thanks for coming out. You, you Final thoughts for the audience. So with that being said, you know, you heard a lot of different stories. He, he says he's telling the truth. You know, there's a lot of people that agree, disagree. There's a lot of different rumors and stories out there. But this is the book, if you haven't read it yet. Last Dawn Standing, The Secret Life of Mob Boss Ralph Natale, highest ranking member to become a witness. Ralph, thanks for coming out. You stay well and do well. I appreciate it. With the insurance business. Thank you. Yeah, that's a business. It is a business. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid-David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.